Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Man, I feel like a woman. Sandra Beck, and I'm here on Powered Up Talk Radio, and our guest today is Polly Monson, and we are in show four of our four-part series on health, nutrition, fitness, wellness, mindset, balance, goals, you name it, and we are busting out some mommy myths. We are talking about the instant gratification that we're used to and how it affects our choices. We've talked about lifestyle diseases. We've talked about heart disease and diabetes and how our kids have an expected lifespan shorter than ours because of some of the choices we're making. So if you've missed those shows, I want you to check us out on iTunes under Powered Up Talk Radio. You can also go to toginet.com, our host station in Texas, or you can check us out by the .com, the same name, Powered Up Talk Radio. You can look for the shows by Polly Monson. You can also go to her website, centralsweat.com. Now, we're talking about these things today because there are a lot of mommy myths out there. There are myths about cleaning your plate. There are myths about I'm fat because I had kids. You know, we're talking about using your, your legs and working your core and your legs because it helps with housework and you can get that those chores done faster. But if you're anything like me, you've walked this earth for at least, you know, 35, 40 years, and you have done some crazy things in your lifetime. You've taken Fin Fin. You've done the grapefruit diet. You've done the cabbage soup diet. You've done the 48-hour diet. I know I've done. I've tried them all. And I have really sometimes unrealistic goals. Like I wanted to lose my, you know, 35 pounds of baby weight from my second kid in a weekend. And I thought, oh, that Hollywood 48-hour diet, I can lose 20 pounds. And, and um, you know, you want to stamp sucker on my head, go ahead. But the fact of the matter is in my 40s, I'm committed now to achieving a, a balance in my life. And I know I'm still going to have to juggle kids and dogs and parents and, and work. But I need to have some sort of system that's a lifestyle system, uh, Polly, that I can start incorporating, you know, even if it's step by step. And I I'm decided I'm not going to do what I do in my 20s, which is these, you know, crazy, unrealistic uh, goals that I'm going to kill myself to achieve only to not be able to sustain them. And I'm tired of getting in my own way. And I, I, I need your help. And I know there's a lot of women out there like me that need your help on how do we do this? How do we set reasonable goals? And how do we deal with plateaus and all those things that are so frustrating? Um, well, that's a great question, because I have to 
addressed this topic a lot, especially in uh, my initial meetings with uh, clients, because, you know, I ask them why they're there or what they want. And a lot of times it's, it's obviously it's weight loss or maybe to get stronger or they're getting married. I love my brides. I always have. But um, at the end of the day, I first need to find out why, why do they have these goals for whatever reason, whether it's emotional, psychological event, whatever it may be around, and then what they think that goal looks like to them. Um, and I have to see if that matches what the reality of the goal is. So for example, what I, what I um, teach a lot of my clients is how to make SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym, S-M-A-R-T, for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, realistic and time bound. So we can kind of go into maybe like what each of these means and maybe like you have examples because I was the same way as you before I started training in college like I would work out manically like two hours a day for four days and then never again for two months and then back for two hours a day for like five days <laughs> and then never get like it made absolutely no sense. Um, but I could probably get away with it because I was in my 20s and now in my 30s not so much. Um, so with the SMART goals you start with S, which is specific. So make the goal specific, not I just want to lose weight, not I want to be, you know, bathing suit ready by summer. When is summer? Like when is I want it by the first day of summer? By I mean, how much weight do you want to lose? Do you want to lose 35 pounds? Do you want to lose 50 pounds? Um, you want to be stronger. What does that mean? You want to do 10 put up pull ups? Do you want to be able to do one push up? What does stronger mean? So you need to be specific because if you leave it vague, then the like um then the prescription to make it happen becomes vague like everything else follows just kind of becomes vague and then you have no um reliable uh, and i guess detailed focus on like where to go from from here from making the goal does that make sense yes i just wrote mine down okay so okay. so what you're telling me is like okay i'm going to new york on july 17th and i hate to go fat so I would like by July 17th to lose 20 pounds, be able to do 20 real push-ups because I can only do about 8 or 10 right now. And I want to be able to do 25 squats because I can only do about 10 or 15 without my thighs catching on fire. That's realistic for me. Is it realistic for you? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. That's fine. So right now we're just focusing on specific. So those are very specific. So that's great. You got the S. So M measurable. So whatever the goal that you're setting, you want to make sure that you can measure it. So by that, I mean, get on the scale, get your body comp percentage, um, do the number of push-ups you can do right now. So you can say, okay, right now I can do no push-ups. So by then I want to do 10 or right now I weigh this amount. And so by this point, I'm going to weigh this amount. So always have a definitive starting point. Um, so do you know kind of where you're at with each of these beginnings? So kind of repeat back like what the goals are and where you are at the beginning. You don't have to say your weight, obviously, but what is the, yeah, cause I would have to hang up on you and never bring you back to the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I'm one of those people. I weigh myself every day. I, I keep notes in my journal. I'm, I'm anal retentive. You'd be surprised at how out of shape I am for someone who's so diligent, but you know, my lifestyle gets in the way and that's what I'm really hoping, you know, to achieve here. So yes, I, I can measure, you know, I have a calendar, so I know my date, time, you know, I have a scale, you know, and I, I keep track of how many push-ups I can do, and my squats, I know I start to fatigue, you know, at, at about 15, and I'm talking the good squats, I'm not talking the chintzy little half squats. <laughs> okay, okay, good, good, 
So that's that's good. So we have a we have a, a go, a level one. See, trainers have to do it a lot too because we also need to prove our worth. Like we need to we need to show you that you were this when you came to us, and now you were this. I actually just did a client today. Um, did his body comp again um, after six weeks, and he's lost 4% body fat. And I'm just as scared as he is because if he doesn't see the results that he wants and he's invested all this time and money and energy in me, and then it doesn't happen, it doesn't go down, then this is it's not good for me. But I'm definitely more concerned about him and his well-being, but I already knew that he had made um, a ton of progress, so I wasn't really, really worried. But um, speaking of that, though, I do want to make – a very clear point in terms of the difference between body body comp, which is like lean lean muscle to fat, and your body weight. And one of the downsides to my online fitness training, I will have to say, is that I am not there to be able to do what we call the skin calipers on someone to assess how much body fat percentage they actually have. I can really only go by their body weight. And I can also do their BMI, which is just a number based on your height and your weight and what you're supposed to be in terms of are you underweight, overweight, or within the healthy weight that you should be. But it's still a very vague estimation. And it and being an athlete or having someone that has a lot of muscle will throw that number off. Um, well, and I'm so going to tell you that right off the bat here because and I'm going to just give you some actual real-life statistics with me. When okay. I swam, when I started at, at – um, when I swam in, and I went for my college tryouts, mm-hmm. I was 175 pounds, and I'm five foot eight, and you could not pinch an inch anywhere. I mean, you couldn't, like now you can, you know, believe me, now you can. But in those days, and I remember, you know, my body fat was really low, but my body weight was high, and my BMI, and I remember looking on this thing thinking, God, if I gain another 15 pounds, I'm going to be obese. But I could lift a couch. I could swim faster than probably anybody listening today. And it was really tough on my self-esteem when I looked at those numbers. Yeah, which is why I feel like if you have an understanding of what the numbers actually mean, then it, it won't hurt your self-esteem. Like you can bypass those because people do that. They, they I know like as a trainer, I'm stronger than the average girl my height and size. And for that reason, most people think I'm about 15 pounds lighter than I actually am because I'm mostly muscle. Muscle and fat weigh the same. That's another myth that people always say is muscle weighs more than fat and that's ridiculous. Muscle and fat, a pound is a pound. It's just the same, it's the same measurement. But what it is is that muscle is denser than fat. So if you're made up of the majority of you is muscle over fat, you're literally going to be a smaller size. But what happens is I'll get these clients and they'll say, oh, I want to lose weight and I want to tone. And saying you want to tone means you want to build muscle. You want to have muscle. You want to look lean. You want to like have the definition. Well, that's fine. But if you're building muscle, literally building it, you're going to create weight because muscle, muscle is weight. And that's, and that's fine. It's just, you have to know that then when you look at the scale and maybe you're not seeing the number go down as far as you want it to, but you're seeing your body fat go down, which is why I like taking the body comp with people because that's a more accurate number. That's something that you can't eat a cheeseburger and have your body fat go up. You could eat a cheeseburger and gain a pound. I can hand you a plate of a pound of food. You eat that pound of food. You just gained a pound. You could poop out two pounds. 
truthfully. Like this can fluctuate so much day to day, which is why weight can't be a very reliable source. And if you can go to a local doctor or your gym, like a trainer in one of the gym and get your body comp done, um, I highly recommend it because it's a great way to gauge when you're just, because at the end of the day, no matter what your goal, you want to lose body fat. Body fat, nobody really wants to stick around. Whether you want to gain muscle or not and you want to lose weight, you're still losing body fat. So if that number keeps going down, no matter what your actual scale number is, you know you're making progress, and that's good. And it's nothing, and it and it takes a while. You measure it four to six weeks. You don't measure it every day. You don't measure it once a week. It takes a while, but it also takes a while to build back up if you do fall off the wagon. You can't screw it up in a day. Does that make sense? That's you know that's so interesting because you know I've been taking a lot of notes during this show because. You know, I found that, like, you know, like, the weight thing is not reliable because I'm, like, there's been times in my life where I'm, like, 15 pounds heavier and I'm in a smaller size. And then there's other times, like, especially after I had my kids where I felt like I was just blobby, blubbery. It looked like somebody threw pudding cups and they stuck to my body. You know, I was jiggly in places. I've never had that jiggly before. And mm -hmm. I, I was bigger, but I weighed less. And I could never figure it out. And then when you said, like, muscle and fat weigh the same, but muscle takes up a smaller space, that makes sense. Because at the times that I was fitter, I may have weighed a little bit more than when I was fatter, but I was smaller. And that just made no sense to me. I just thought I was insane. No, no, it's great. And actually, I've seen because I follow some fitness people on Instagram. And I love some of the pictures I'm seeing is they'll literally show themselves in a bikini and they'll say, you know, 135 pounds and they, and they look like, you know, kind of plumpish or like squishy, I guess. Obviously not like over overweight. I don't know how tall they are. But then they'll show another picture and they're like cut and chiseled and look like some like rock star bikini model. And they've gained seven pounds and they're like 142, which I love because they're showing what what I'm saying, which is you you can't you have to get away from the number. It, it has to be. It's about the body fat. You lose the body fat. You, a lot of people have six packs. You just have fat on top of it. So when you change your diet and you get the cardio and you get the fat off, then you get to see the muscle. It works the same way with. I have a lot of women's clients. I was even giving advice to another trainer today because she has this issue with girls going. I don't want to bulk up. I don't. <laughs> I was like. Okay, well, first of all, unless you're growing a mustache that I don't know about, that's not really going to happen. We don't have the levels of testosterone that men have that give them the capability to build lean muscle that quickly. Now, some women may have a little bit more than others, but that bulk up feeling that a lot of women feel when they're lifting, quote unquote, is really just because they've started strength training, so they're starting to eat more or they backed off their cardio so they're not losing the fat on top of the muscle. The fat doesn't turn into muscle and the muscle doesn't turn into fat. You're building muscle and losing fat. So if you're not losing that fat on top of the muscle, then yeah, you're going to be bulkier because now you have all this great muscle, but you kept the fat on too because you're still eating the, the huge dinners and the alcohol and the whatever you're doing and, and you're becoming a bigger mass and you're not leaning, leaning yourself out. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I, and I watched some of the swimmers that I swam with over the years, you know, and it was interesting to see, you know, like the people, like the Asian swimmers and then the German, you know, I, I had some East German friends of mine, girlfriends of mine, not female, you know, female friends of mine, I should say not girlfriends, but, um, you know, and it was interesting when we'd all work out together and I would watch, 
you know, their bodies change and we all change differently, you know, and I know we ate different diets and things like that, but you know, there was, there were some girls that I thought, you know, looked, looked a little more bulky because of just their genetics and the way they were. But by and large, we all looked better the more we worked out. It was just a real simple equation. Yes. Yes. And genetics does play a part. I mean, you can have like my, one of my bestest friends she had she played rugby and soccer and she has these really muscular legs but they're really tiny where the typical um girl that you see with this kind of athletic background they tend to have the like kind of thicker muscular legs but she just genetically has these really small legs but it's hilarious because people want to train with her all the time because they're like I want your legs and I was like you'll never actually be able to get Anna's legs because they're like genetically always going to be that tiny but she's super strong she still has to work for what she has um but that's the other thing too and that actually gets to one of our points um within the smart goal is the r for realistic or attainable Wait, what was a what was a I, I lost in my notes so, yeah so a is attainable so attainable. Is attainable. so let's that so that's great for the anna example so that's like um looking at I'm trying to think of a good example. Um, like, if you think of a celebrity, if you think of somebody um, like... Well, like, uh, Susan Sarandon will never look like Reese Witherspoon. They're, exactly. you know, a foot apart. They're different body shapes. They're just different. Exactly. Exactly. Or, like, Kim Kardashian could never get herself to look like, um, you know, an Olsen twin who's like a twin. Like, genetically, that's right, never going to Right, like, right. She's not going to be Lucy Liu. Yes. And for men, like, some will never be able to be the rock. Like, it's just not genetically in them. Like, there are, are things about your body, physiologically, genetically, that are just easier for some people than others. My brother can run a five-minute five minute mile. He's run a hundred mile races. I can barely break a 10 minute mile. I'm an incredibly slow runner, but my brother just started running right one day and just never stopped like Forrest Gump. And, but he's genetically <laughs> predispositioned. His body can just do that. Plus he doesn't even really have to cross train that much. He's a really bad example for all of my health and wellness advice of people being cautionary. But at the end of the day, he's just, I mean, Olympians, I think, yes, there's definitely an amount of training that's obviously involved, intense training that goes into Olympic athletes, but also, too, there, there probably is a genetic disposition that they have that will make them always be a little bit, you know, excel, have that excel ability over the average Joe. I will never be able to train myself to run a five-minute mile. That's not attainable. So if you think about, like, I don't know, with your goals, all of your goals sound attainable. So you're good. Yeah. Like all of those things you could logistically do. Well, and I can tell you just to comment on that genetic thing you just said, ask yeah. any parent who has a kid in an organized sport and has watched them grow from the time they're like four years old to, you know, like in my case, you know, four to 12 years old, I've watched these kids go and you can see these little four or five-year-olds, they, they can hit a ball. They can kick the ball in the goal. And it's not because the parents worked with them since they were two. You know, there's enough of those out there. But you just watch them. And I always say, like, wow, well, that kid can just do it. You know, and my sons will come home and say, you know, how does he do this? And I'm like, you know what, there's just kids that can do some of this stuff. You know, no matter what, I'm never going to hit a ball out of the, you know, outfield. I'm never going to do that. I tried for 20 years in, in softball, you know, to hit a home run. I'm not fast enough. I don't hit it far enough and you know I've tried but there is a, you know like when you say attainable there is some things that we just 
can't do. And when you raise children and you're around children a lot, you look out there and you see some of them are natural runners. Some are natural hitters. Some can catch a ball. There's a little kid, Justin, in my son's school that has a rocket where his right arm is. He went out to shag a ball for me and he threw it from the outfield to where I was standing at home plate in like second grade. And I looked at him like, holy bananas, like where did you get that arm? And He's like, oh, you know, my dad was a semi-professional, whatever. And I'm like, it's just genetic. Nobody taught that kid to fire a ball from the outfield to home plate. Yeah, um, so nobody taught this kid how to throw a ball. So, yeah, genetics do play a part in it. And I think when you talk about being attainable, is something really attainable, you know, you're right. I'm never going to look like the rock. Not that I'd want to, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so it's good to have an idea of that at the beginning so you know you're not losing from the start line and I mean I see it in my nephew because like I said my brother's a huge runner he's fast it's just in him and my little nephew who just turned who's just past two he is like lightning he just swings across and there's no like rhyme or reason to it he's just a fast little kid but you just see my brother in it just zipping around the like it's great um but yeah so attainable attainable is a big one so the R then is realistic and similar to attainable, realistic, though, is kind of, um, is it real, like, like what you were talking about with the 48-hour diet, is it realistic to set a goal that you're going to lose 35 pounds in 48 hours? Probably not. Probably not a realistic goal. Sandra? Yeah, it's not realistic at all. Sorry, I got, no, I got, I, my little thing was naughty. Um, so, yeah, so you have to think about, you want to think on average, they say a healthy weight loss would be about two pounds a week. That's on average. And that's, and that's honestly burning about a thousand calories a day, like over what you need. So like the energy, like basically calories in calories out, you want to burn more calories than you take in. That's burning a thousand extra calories a day to get, kind of get to that two pound mark per week, which is a lot of work. Um, so you want to say to yourself, if you want to lose, or it stayed in terms of running. I've had clients come up to me and say, I want to run a marathon. And I'm like, great. How far do you run now? Like, well, I haven't actually started running yet. I'm like, okay. Or I've run a mile. Or I can get three miles. I was like, okay. But 26 is a big difference. But a lot of times people just need, they want that schedule. They want that training goal. They want the thing, like they have this. You know, and it and actually, it's still attainable. It just may not be realistic for the next month. Like this may be a year's worth of work that we need to do to get your body ready for 26 miles. So always ask yourself or find out from a professional: um, Is this goal realistic for me? If you're five, if you're five seven, I'm, it's hard to put a number in an age, but like you know, losing a certain amount of weight is that realistic? And you still staying healthy? Like I could realistically, I guess, lose. 40 pounds, but if I did that, I would be about, well, we're not going to do that math on air, but let's just say I would not be healthy and I would be severely underweight and energy deficient, nutrient deficient, um, not good. So, you know, that's, that's the R for the SMART goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because I look at that and go, you know, I could lose 20 pounds after two kids, you know, and I'm in my 40s, you know, you probably like if you went back 10 years before I had my kids, you know, would losing 20 pounds, you know, be be appropriate? No, you know, I'm just at a different stage in my life right now. And I think most people are and you're right, you know, you have to 
have that attainable and realistic part going, you know, am I 300 pounds and I can lose 20 pounds? Yeah. Or I'm 150 pounds. And even though it would be great to be 135 again, you know, like I was in my, you know, my, my, you know, marriage, early marriage days, is it realistic? You know, probably not. And is that where my body should be? You know, and plus, honestly, I can't afford to buy a whole new wardrobe if I shrink myself so much that I can't fit, you know, it goes both ways. You know, you can get, you can balloon up and not fit in your clothes or you can lose weight like I did and then none of your clothes fit. You know, it's, it's a, it's a problem either way if you're, uh, you know, on a budget. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So if you have, if you've, Kind of, once you've done the specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, so the only thing you have left is the T, which is time-bound, which is basically giving yourself a deadline. So it's saying, and, and when you know all the other things, when all those are in place, so you know that healthily you should lose around 1.5 to 2 pounds a week, and you want to lose 20 pounds. I'm savagely doing the math. So you know you should give yourself about two to three months to have that, to make that happen. I would say three months. Um, and give yourself time, like the more time, the better, but, but make it specific. So if you want to say you want to, your goal is 50 pounds, give yourself a year to do that. And if you do it in less than a year, great, you, you succeeded your goal or you give yourself the time. So it's not a manic, like, cause, cause you're probably to lose the 50 pounds, Sandra, you're going to have to change quite a few habits and changing them all at once never works for anyone. It's like why New Year's resolutions never work. Because well, how are you going to change things that you've been doing 365 days out of the year and say, I'm never going to do them again? That never works for anyone. You cannot do that. <laughs> you can't just stop. I mean, it's almost impossible. It's why I tell my clients, it's not that you're never going to eat chocolate cake again. It's that you're not going to eat it today. And maybe you're not going to eat it for the next two months while you're on this goal. But that's that's the plan. And you break one habit at a time. If you make too many goals, then you have a bigger chance of not succeeding with the goals. Make it one goal at a time. Start here. Start step one. Start being the tortoise. The tortoise one. Very slow. Slow and steady runs the race. You conquer one, you go to another. If you pile everything on at once, everyone says, I'm going to start Monday, and I'm going to work out for an hour a day starting Monday, and I'm not going to eat any sugar, and I'm going to cut out all alcohol, and I'm going to cut out the carbs. Starting Monday. And then you're like, Okay, it's Monday. Starting next Monday, I'm going to start working out. It's like, it's too much. Why would you do that to yourself? Start with one thing. Say this Monday, I'm going to add 30 minutes of a workout. That's it. That's all you're going to do. You're going to add 30 minutes of a workout. And then you've got a handle on that. Maybe the next week you say, great. You know, my vice is sugar. I eat desserts every night. I'm going to cut it down to twice a week. And I'm going to pick the days that I do it. And start there. Well, it's funny because you're you're talking about like you know, and I do a lot of you know this stuff in my own you know business practice. But I do I call it the power of ten, and I you know power of ten girl all over. It's like if you give me ten habits in ten weeks, I can help you change some of those things, or you know every ten days. You know, it's like I can make a resolution to like for me, I did no diet coke, or I, I limited my diet coke for ten days, and it took me a couple months to get off the diet coke. You know, and then another you know ten days later, I said, you know what, I'm going to really limit or eliminate my fast food. I can do that for ten days, and mm -hmm. it's funny how you can play these games with your step. I did it when I was running my thing last year for the breast 
breast cancer, you know, I just 10 more steps, just 10 more steps. And I kept going another couple miles. So, you know, I think it's really important that we break it down. I love your SMART goals, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, you know, and then the time component. So we're going to come back from the break and we're going to talk a little bit more about these goal setting and we're going to change our mindset in the next segment. So you're not going to want to miss it. So make sure you come back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls about 40- This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Polly Monson of CentralSweat.com, and we are bringing the best from Los Angeles, that's my neck of the woods, and Polly's neck of the wood, New York City, from New York to L.A. We're bringing some great, great fitness information. We're talking about mindset. We're talking about balance. We're talking about goals today. And if you missed the first three shows in this four-part series, we talked about nutrition. We talked about workouts. We talked about flexibility. All these things come together about being a fit and happy person in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. And it's so important that we get our head around things um, because I really find that where, where our thoughts go, our bodies follow. If I think Today, about all the things that are wrong in my life, my body's going to walk me right over to that fridge for some ice cream, some some cookies, whatever it is. And if I get up every morning and I follow, you know, what is my mantra, which is this is going to be a good day, this is going to be a fit day, and what can I do today to get me to where I want to be, I can brainwash myself, for lack of a better word, 
and I can start my day right. And for those of you who follow The Secret or watch The Secret video or own the book, you know, The Secret talks about how, you know, people can present to the world and attract things to them, you know, like waking up in the morning and stubbing your toe and going, oh, it's going to be a bad day, and then all these bad things happen. Well, let's just swing it around and let's work with our mindset uh, this week. Let's play around with our own brains and what can we do to reprogram or brainwash ourselves so that we can get to where we want to be. And I want to repeat that for our listeners. I get up in the morning and I say, this is going to be a good day. This is going to be a fit day. And what can I do today to get me to where I want to be? Because really, any other thoughts, any worries, any anxiety, any self-defeating, things like that, I'm going to be dead in the water anyway because I'm not going to want to get up. I mean, Polly, do you find that's true of your clients? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I try to... I try to change the mindset by having them take a different perspective with their negative thoughts. So like even today I have my client and I was asking him about his eating and what he'd been doing and, you know, and he kind of in this very defeated way was like, I ran, he's like, I ran 30 minutes because his goal was to run as long as he could for one of the days. That was his homework. And he's like, I ran 30 minutes. That was great. I was like, he was like, yeah, but then I ate a bagel after with, with egg and cheese and he was like and he, you could tell he just was like so down on himself like he just ruined everything and I was like look you did not ruin anything was the bagel the best most fabulous choice probably not but you did just run and you ate the bagel at an ideal time which is post-exercise where your body is going to be rebuilding itself and needing a lot of extra energy so if any time it's going to burn that bagel efficiently it's right then and also too, just let it go because later on he tells me that he ordered Thai food or Indian food with his wife later that night, and then he didn't even eat it because he wasn't hungry. I was like, I love that. I love that mindset. And he kind of even he didn't even say it like it was a like a thing to be proud of. And I was like, no, this is what you're fighting for. Like this is what we're trying to do is get you to listen to your body. And when you're not hungry, you don't eat, and that's great. And when you're hungry, you eat. And sometimes you have a bagel, but you know what? In life, we have bagels. In life, we like glasses of wine. We like pieces of chocolate. I'm just trying to get you to be able to pick it up and put it down. Pick it up when you want it, take a small bite, and then put it down and leave it because you don't need it every day. And it doesn't need to compensate for your emotional distress. And it doesn't need to compensate for your stress. I see a lot of times with my moms, especially if they're stay-at-home moms or, I mean, even working like moms who are stressed and crazy all day, the moment they get... The time that they get to themselves, they want to spend watching whatever TV show or eating the like great meal. They, they, they put like rewarding themselves with decadent food, alcohol or, you know, or, or television shows or just escapist types of activities. And it's not like necessarily that's bad every once in a while. But if that's your everyday ritual, it, it that's when it gets concerning and that's when they start piling the weight on as like that's when we kind of have to transform your mindset and to find activities that you can go to like maybe doing your own nails or getting a massage or taking a bath or get really involved in a book I love telling my clients that like find a really good like just crappy book. It doesn't have to be a good book. Just a great book that you can sit down that you can get addicted to pretty quickly that you're not going to want to put down. And I guarantee you, you're going to grab that before you grab the fridge door the next time you have 10 minutes to yourself. And that's the stuff that we need to try to find. Um, so, you know, you don't look for the other things, if that makes sense. 
It does, yeah. you know, and what I found with a lot of these um, TV shows, you know, and I, I'll be fair, I don't watch a lot of TV because after sitting at a computer screen all day long, the last thing that I find relaxing is looking at another screen, so I tend to multitask and do things, but I will tell you what I've noticed, and, you know, and moms should recognize this, there's a lot of these shows out there, and I, I don't like them, but a lot of people do, like Dance Moms and things like that. If you look at the amount of food advertising that is done during those shows, it's like we talk about brainwashing. It's like, you know, doesn't this hamburger look great? Look at this juicy hamburger. It's not good if it doesn't get on your shirt and, you know, whatever. Dairy Queen is doing, you know, whatever $5, you know, fat-laden, salty, sugary meal. Um it's really, you know, to be mindful, you know, when I look in my, read my fitness magazines, I don't see a lot of advertisements for hamburgers or, you know, potato chips and things like that. But I do see those on the television things I'm watching. And I found that pre-recording and fast forwarding through some of that stuff or doing something while I do the television, you know, folding my laundry, you know, chopping up vegetables and things like that, really limit how much input, you know, those advertising channels have on us. Yes, I agree. And it's that kind of stuff that can, that ultimately play a big part in detouring us from our goals. And that's why we encourage things like the, like the inspirational quotes and the pictures. And like, I even asked some of my clients to do inspiration boards. A lot of artists like graphic designers will do it. I've had it done for my, for my own logos and such. They make a mood board where they put all these kind of like a mescla different types of like things together on a board, pictures and moments and thoughts that represent a bigger idea um, to show me or um, how they start to formulate how they're going to design whatever they're hired to do. And I, I love doing that for my own life. So I'll put a board together that has pictures of countries I want to visit or friends I want to see or outfits I want to wear or sports I want to play. Anything that like uh, any anything that represents the bigger goal that I have, because every day we get shoved in our face, the like coffee and pastries at Starbucks or the fast food ads on the te television screen or the constant like previews for the shows that you want to sit on the couch and watch. Like we're every single day we get promoted things to have us stop doing or working for the bigger goal. We have that instant gratification constantly. It's the bigger gratification. It's the long-term gratification that's a lot harder to grab because it's not being shoved in our face every day. It's when we have to mindfully put ourselves there and put our thoughts there. So the more you can kind of surround your life with them, the better off you're going to be and make the posters and make the quotes and, you know, have the books and have like all the, anything you can think of. Um, to keep reminding yourself that even just not buying lattes every day, not only are you saving calories, but you're saving money for the trip to Paris that you probably could afford by buying them by next year. Like it's all those little things, but you know, it does take a little work ahead of time, but then you set all that in place and it makes this fight a lot easier. You got some armor, you got some weapons, you got some stuff to fight with, you know? Well, yeah, and you, you know, and a lot of it is for me, especially it's slowing down enough to see what I'm doing, you know, like I know, like when I almost hit somebody in my car, you know, like, and I'm just talking, you know, just in, in a parking lot, 
I'm like, whoa, you know, like you need to slow down. You're going way too fast because, you know, juggling kids and work and, and you know, workouts and, and friends and a social life and, and dating and, you know, my dad and, you know, and, and room mom and, you know, all these things that I want to live my life in the next 45 seconds you know, can really ramp you up. And I see most of my mom friends falling into one or two categories. Either they're struggling with depression and loneliness um, because they're housebound way too much, um, because of their obligations and the choices they've made within respect to their motherhood, or they're going 100 miles an hour. And I'm going to adjust the 100 miles an hour moms because it's okay to take a breather every now and then. You know, I will actually build in my schedule. Every two weeks, I build in a breather. And that breather, I can choose to get a massage, get a manicure, go walk around the mall. I can sit in my living room chair if I want to and stare at the ceiling. But I need to stop and slow down enough so I can take a measurement of where I am, what I'm doing, and where I'm going. Because all that happens when you don't is you get to the wrong place faster. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. I had a very... um I got some very great advice once because I was feeling guilty about because I do a lot of my work from home with my online clients. So I sit at my desk like six hours a day, eight hours a day sometimes. Um, but then I uh, I will sometimes like take longer lunches or if I have a gap in the day, I'll watch Gilmore Girls and, you know, make make a big salad and maybe read a book or like and I just think I start feeling really guilty because I think of all the nine to fivers that are out there the people that are running around on a Monday like crazy and crazy and I'm sitting here you know taking an hour and a half lunch and washing dishes or making my bed or doing my laundry because I have some of those luxuries being at home and um this woman told me she was like you have to look at it as a gap she's like it's a gap in the space that your mind needs to recoup and refocus so it's still processing all the things that you need to be doing, all the responsibilities that you have. It's still processing all of those things. Your subconscious is still working. It's just working in a more relaxed state, but it's going to, but doing that will open up the channels to, to get the ideas flowing more. So we were kind of were saying earlier was like, I could sit and stare at a computer when I'm trying to write a blog and I'll stare at it for like an hour and a half and I can't make, I can't put a sentence together, but I walk away for 20 minutes. I go walk around the block. I take a jog. I create that gap for myself and then I come back and it just flows like water. It just flows right out of me. But I gave myself that time and I think you're right. I think everybody needs that in some respect. Otherwise you just get clogged and you get flustered and frustrated and then ultimately you just give up. Just like when you create too many goals or too many you try to say no to yourself too much. I tell my clients, don't think about what you say no to. Think about what you could just say yes to. Think about the things that you do get to eat and the, and the things that you do get to do, not just focusing on the stuff that you don't do. It's, and that's it's a much better way to look at things, I guess. Well, I yeah, and, you know, this is one thing that came up recently because I was so upset. Uh, one of my girlfriends wouldn't go to her 20-year reunion, and she, she so wanted to go. And she's like, Sam, I'm not going to go. She's like, I can't go back there looking the way I look. And I said, you're beautiful. And she's like, no. She's like, I'm like 40 pounds than I was. I didn't want to be the one girl that goes back there. And everybody talks about, like, she really let herself go. And, you know, and, and we can all relate to that. And, you know, when I think about what you just said about instead of thinking about what you're saying no to, think about what you're saying yes to, which is 
so many of the moms that come to my house won't go swimming in the pool. They won't wear a bathing suit. They cover themselves up, and they miss swimming with their kids, you know, and they, they miss going to their reunion. Or there's weddings, and they, they're stressed out for, like, five days trying to find something that looks that fits, that doesn't make them feel like they're wearing a muumuu. You know, there's all these things, these trade-offs, and it's like, is that cookie or is that, you know, chicken nugget left on your plate from your kid really worth it when you look at what are all the things you're going to say no to because you're not happy in your own skin? Yep, exactly, exactly. And, you know, and it's such a, and I just get so sad sometimes because I feel like they just, they settle in it. It's it's almost like they just even stop being discouraged about it. They just, it's like it's a defeatist moment of just like, this is who I am. This is how it's going to be the end. And it's almost kind of like you stop living. Like I have a, a friend of mine, he he always says he never wants to retire because he feels like he stops living when he stops working. And not in a manic, crazy way, but he loves working. He lo- Working makes him feel alive. And retirement to him makes him feel like, the stop buttons on. And I feel like for a lot of people, when they settle in this overweight, unhealthy type of lifestyle, they've just given up. Then they're like, this isn't me. I'm not meant to be this person. And you hear that a lot with weight loss clients and people who lose all the way. And they always say, they're like, I never imagined this to be me. I was never this person. And you have to separate yourself from that mentality. Like I said, trainers weren't born, you know, doing push-ups out of the womb. I have not always been like the best version of myself as I am right now. I had to learn to get this way and anybody can do it. If I can do it, I mean, again, unless there's a health issue, a genetics issue, like obviously there are definitely exceptions, but laziness isn't one of them. Busyness isn't one of them. Tired isn't one of them. I can try to think of some others that I hear a lot. Those, those aren't, those aren't excuses because I'll have the woman that works 60 to 80 hours a week. Who's a single mom that still gets a 30 to 45 minute workout in about three or four days a week. And then I'll hear from the, you know, part-time part-time person that works 15 hours a week that just can't find the time to fit it in. Like it's, it's all, it's all in the way you look at it. It's all in the, it's all in your perception of it, but that's a hard thing to get. And it's a hard thing to grasp, especially if your knowledge in the area is very, very limited which for the majority of people it is. All you get flung at you all the time are absolutes with no reasons why. Should I, you know, the workout videos or the Power X or the only eat 1,200 calories a day or if you drink this upside down that it helps your metabolism. Like you hear this stuff all the time. You have no idea whether it applies to you or not. You need to seek help. You need to go, I mean, I say the internet loosely, making sure it's a trusted source or you find a fitness professional. And that's what we do in my online coaching. Like we sit down and we talk about who you are, what you do, what you know, what you don't know. And then I give you many, many options on how to get there. That's, I mean, it can be overwhelming at one point, but at the same time, it could be um, almost empowering to know that there are a hundred ways to do it. There's a hundred ways to get to where you need to get. You just got to find those ways. And Sandra, you do it. You talk about it. All the different things that you experiment with. And yeah, all I keep trying it because, you know what, I'm not going to give up. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not willing, you know, and there was a time when I, you know, had my children and, and, you know, they were small and I was very, you know, unhealthy. I was overweight. I was miserable. And I did think about, you know, like, well, this is just the way it's going to be. And then, you know, it was funny, like, you know, I got up, you know, a couple days after that and I'm like, 
uh, I'm done. I, I know. I, I this no, 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 no. And then I got up the next day. I'm like, oh hell no. I'm like, no, no, no. This is not. This is not what I signed up for. You know, I had kids because I want to play with them. I had you know, a family because I want to go camping and I want to go to the water park and I want to, I want to enjoy these things. Um, no, you know, and it just was that simple. It was like a light turned off and then I'm like, there's gotta be a way because, you know, there's workout programs out there, millions of them. There's millions of videos. There's YouTube, there's yoga, chakra healing, everything. And I'm like, I am going to find a way and I'm going to find a way for me and I'm going to make myself available and I'm going to be coachable, you know, which is a big deal for somebody who's an educated, successful professional with a proven track record who's used to telling people what to do and it was funny because I found such great relief in just opening myself up and going okay help me you know I truly am like the person that's just help me just guide me in the right direction tell me what I need to know please help me and that's that was something that was really hard for me to come to grips with after putting myself through school two degrees high-powered company you know, to turn around and humble myself. But then I was like, where the hell is it written that I'm supposed to be a fitness expert? I'm an internet brand strategist. I can't know everything. So get over yourself, get out of your own way and ask for help. And it was really that simple. Good. That's great. You're like, you're like an ideal client. I mean, it's because at the end of the day, help is what you need to be saying. Because some people like to come in and like, fix me, fix me. I was like, I can't fix you. Only you can fix you. And I make it a point with my clients to say, you know, like today with mine who lost, he lost like four or 5% body fat. I'm super proud, super excited for him. Um, And the first thing I say to him is, you did this. You did this. I'm a guide. I can guide you in the right direction. I can give you advice based on the things that you tell me. I can try to mirror your wants with your needs to make sure that you're living every day to something a, a good, healthy, but happy lifestyle, relatively stress-free with all the new changes that are going on. But you, you did all of this. You make the choice to show up here. You make the choice to get through these things and to do the things that I advise you to do outside of this. And the same thing applies when you don't do it. So if my clients don't make the progress, if they're not losing the weight they want, if we're, I mean, they basically know that it's them. It's not me. It's not that I'm not doing my job. It's that they're not fulfilling their, their end of the bargain. They're not eating the way that they should be eating. They're either not telling me what they're actually eating or they just don't care. Like they understand that just as it's as much as to their credibility when they achieve, it is as much their responsibility when they fail or when they're not achieving or making the progress that they want to make. And that's key because, you know, trainers are great because we're, we're good. I mean, a good trainer, because there could be a lot of sketchy ones out there depending on the certs and always and that's a good thing too. always vet your trainer always really ask questions you have a right to interview and understand what your trainer's background is and where they came from and how much knowledge and expertise they have because you know it can get a little nervous but a good one we have all of these tools to give you we have all of this knowledge to help you. We're not the one-stop shop. I'm not going to say to anyone, well, yoga is the way that you're going to lose weight, so this is what we're going to do. So basically, any if you ever want to lose weight, you're just going to have to run. Like, there's never a one idea. And any trainer that says that to me, I already, like, discount as an actual, like, really qualified trainer because any trainer understands that there are options, there are not absolutes. 
and depending on the person, P90X doesn't work for a lot of people. It's too extreme. It's injury provoking. But for a conditioned athlete who needs to get their butt in shape by a wedding in three months, great, P90X, go for it. Like there's always, there's always like certain like, I, I don't know, not necessarily gray areas, but like I said, a trainer is great because it can, they can give you those like those options that you need. If you don't like running, if you don't have a gym, if you don't have, you know, if you don't know how to strength train, if you don't even know what a good carb to a bad carb is, like you need to have all of those, that information. If you're even going to start trying to make the healthier choices that you know you need to make. That makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and then my thing is like, you know, and this was another thing that has made me really popular and unpopular uh, both at the same time is, you know, I will talk very frankly with women that, you know what, nobody stuffed me, <laughs> you know, nobody held my nose and stuffed peanuts in my mouth and made me gain this weight, you know. Nobody makes me sit on the couch and watch TV. Nobody makes me, you know, even if you're housebound because you have an infant or a sick kid, believe me, I juggle work and workouts and so much with sick children or like the dog bite we had yesterday, you know, threw a monkey work in there. But, you know, nobody's defeating me but me, truly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're getting in your own way. You're your own worst enemy. But you're also your number one fan. Like, no one's going to fight for you. Someone told me that. It's like, at the end of the day, and it sounds like a very depressing thought, but it's actually very true. It's like, all you really have is you. Like, you, you are the only one that's going to not give up on you. Everybody else is kind of a touch and go sometimes, but you are it. Like, and you have to. And so, if, basically, if you don't like yourself, then that's it. Like, then who else is going to like you? Then what, like, if you're not happy and content with your own self first, so you need to start making the steps to, to make that happen, to change your mindset. But only you can do that. And then get help. You can absolutely have help. And if it's not a trainer, a support system. Like we said, a buddy system. Have someone to call. Like part of the thing with trainers is that they, people love accountability. And with my stay-at-home moms, when their only person that they have to, is to talk to is a two-year-old for the majority of the day, they like the hour that they get with me to talk about all the things that they need to get off their chest and to worry about all of their health and wellness issues that they're having to fight basically on their own while they're at home all day, um, taking care of a two year old. And they look forward to this every single week. So there's a part of an accountability to it to where they make sure they get the stuff they need done because they know they're going to have to look at me, look me in the eye and tell me what they've done. But they also know that somebody else is in their corner to like cheer them on and say, great, I'm so glad you did this. And you can easily have that in a best friend. You can find your girlfriend that has similar goals that need to happen and you guys call each other on an every other day basis or you know that you can ask her to go out to eat and you're both going to order salads and you're not going to have a glass of wine and there doesn't have to be a struggle about it. There doesn't have to be, you can find that person, but it's always good because, you know, wars aren't fought alone. They're fought with many, many people and the more people you have on your team, the stronger your team and the better chances you have at winning, I say. Well, you're right because you know I do I do a lot of work with the military and there's a there's a term called battle buddies. You know, and you have your battle buddy and you know when you're a parent you got swim buddies. You know, I tell my kids you watch him, you watch him, you know, your your swim buddies. And then there's battle buddies. Well, what I've come to find out is I need my mom buddies and I need my workout buddies and it's great when they they can both, you know, fill two roles, but you need these battle buddies to win the war. You you can't do it alone. There is no way. I can tell you 
I imploded as a single mom trying to do everything, trying to look good, feel good, you know, be at all my kids' events, you know, throw myself into motherhood because I waited 20 years to have kids, you know, and it didn't work out the way I wanted, and I had to do some really serious course corrections over the past couple years. But I, the one thing I found most of all is I can't do it alone. I can't know everything. I need help, and even if that's just one of my girlfriends or one of my guy friends saying, hey, I saw you hiking up, you know, the, the, the canyon the other day. Good for you. That made my week, you know, and it was such a small thing when you look at, you know, I get awards, I get paid money to do really fun things. And for somebody to acknowledge me that they saw me on a Saturday morning huffing it up the canyon because I needed it for my spirit, my soul and my body. That meant everything to me. So to, to to say we exist alone in a vacuum is how a lot of these moms, and myself included, get into that rut of, of weight gain, unhealthy. We give everything to our kids, and that's just not natural. Nothing in nature is everything. Exactly. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, if you're not fighting for you, there's no way I can. There's no way. I mean, there's a difference. And because that Sandra, I know you've, you've said like you just want someone telling you what to do and like what to eat every single day. Like that, like I, I that instruction, that detailed instruction, which, you know, on the one end kind of makes me nervous. because I'm just like, well, I need to make sure, too, that you're learning all this stuff. So, you know why you're doing it. But you're obviously you do know why based on all of our conversations, you have a very good head about things in that sense. And why it's OK. And that's because you're fighting like you're still doing it on your own. I'm not. I'm guiding you in what to do, but I'm not making you do it. I'm not sitting there with a stopwatch and a stick and beating you every time you get up. Like there's no, there's no, there's, I'm far, far away, but me telling you to make sure you get this 30 minute workout in every Tuesday, you're doing it. And that's still all you because you don't have to, if you don't want to. And so, right. and that's the difference. That's the difference. Right. Because I need, I don't need, I need somebody to help me make good choices with what. I have because I don't have, you know, an income from a husband. I don't have, you know, a lot of hours in my day to fill and I don't have the bandwidth anymore. And maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too busy. Maybe my kids are too whatever. But the fact of the matter is that I cannot make another decision to save my life at this point. I need help. And that's, I think, when people become coachable. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I think, I think that, I think that, and, and just, you know, and I feel like a lot of times my job as a trainer is just to tell you to not to be so hard on yourself, just to not to give yourself a break. And like you said, you don't have to go hard or go home. Like there is a happy medium. And sometimes that happy medium is harder to find that gray order gray area is harder to define, but when you get it, it's much more livable and it's much more sustainable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Polly, I want to thank you for being my guest for these uh, these fitness, health and wellness shows. You know, I think it's been great for me. I know it'll be great for our listeners. Uh, people can reach you at centralsweat.com uh, for uh, advice for coaching for information you guys can pick this up on iTunes I don't know where you're listening to it but whatever you are wherever you're doing make sure that you don't give up you are worth it your body is worth it your kids are worth it what you're teaching them by your own actions are worth it we want to make sure that if we're going to walk this earth that we can hold our heads up high we can live to the fullest and 
On behalf of Polly Monson and myself, I'm going to thank you for being with us, this four-part series. If you missed earlier ones, make sure you check it out on iTunes or Powered Up Talk Radio. For all of us here at TogiNet Radio, be fit, be healthy, start your day. With This is going to be a good day. This is going to be a fit day. And what can I do today to get me to where I want to be? Thank you very much, and we'll check you out on another health series in the fall. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent career, is the brains behind The Real Cougar Woman. She shares her wisdom, grace, and laugh-out-loud opinions based on her stellar successes, both in the financial world and in her personal life. Check out our website, PoweredUpWithBeckAndFranklin.com, and join us next week for another great conversation. We're here every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on Toginet.com. <laughs>